What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, back here in action for the first time in what's been quite a while. Uh, unfortunately, we did not get around to completing our Major League Baseball season previews. Uh, my apologies. Each year we go division by division, and we do a comprehensive look at each division before the season starts. We did one division. We got the American League West out there. However, I went out to spring training and I found out pretty quickly that I wasn't going to have the time or the internet to complete the rest of the preview. So today, here we are on Wednesday, April 19th. We're almost three weeks into the season and we are going to... I'm going to share the rest of my picks. I'm going to give a little bit of where I was kind of thinking. We'll, we'll run through it quickly, and we'll talk about some news from around the league. I mean, we've got... Um, we're three weeks in. We've got some teams that have impressed, some teams that have disappointed, and I've got a great guest joining us today. His name is Cole Claiborne. Not Clay Colburn. He's gotten that one a lot. Uh, but he's over at Sports Spectrum... And he's a big-time baseball fan. He's also an education reporter at U.S. News. Welcome, Cole. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to, to talk a little baseball and recap You know what we've seen these first few weeks so far. Yes. And, Cole, it's been a long time coming. I mean, we got connected about a year ago. And just finally got to chat on the phone recently. We've both been living busy lives. But I know you're a huge baseball guy, big Cardinals fan. So this felt like a good time to have you on. Yeah, I don't get a chance to like you know most of my my day job is is not related to sports. Uh, I do cover, you know, some sports stories for Sports Spectrum, but I don't, I mostly just kind of geek out with the guys in my fantasy baseball league when we're, <laughs> we're talking about baseball that's how I get my fix and uh we usually do that over over our our uh, league-wide Slack chat that we have. So, yeah, it's nice to nice to be on a podcast and talk a little baseball. <laughs> and from my understanding, you've also become good friends with Matt Holiday too. Uh, good friends. I don't know if I'd classify <laughs> that. I mean, I, I produce a show. Yeah, I, I don't. We're not on a <laughs> texting regular basis by any means. Uh, but no, he, I got I got to meet him for the first time last summer. Um, he and his wife Leslie, who hosts Table Forty on Sports Spectrum, they were doing a live show at Bush Stadium during the Christian Day at uh, the Cardinals game, and so. Uh, they were kind enough to leave some tickets for my wife and I, and uh, we stayed around and watched the event. It was really awesome. They had uh, Ollie Marmol, manager of the Cardinals, several Cardinals players stick around and, and share their faith. A lot of guys on the Cardinals team that are, that are Christians. And then uh, they came up into the, into the stands afterward and chatted with us for a little while. And, and so we got to meet them. So they're awesome and they do a good job with their show, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say friends necessarily <laughs> more like just uh, colleagues, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you got to know them a little bit, but they yeah. sound like great people. And um, I'm curious to know also, Cole, did you have a favorite player or two growing up as a kid? Yeah, I think as anybody uh, who's a Cardinals fan, I mean, Albert Pujols is definitely a, a, you know one of them. But I think when I, when I look back on my childhood and just coming up in the 90s watching baseball, King Griffey Jr. is that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I batted left-handed, uh, and so I always would be in the backyard as a kid mimicking that swing. And I think just any kid growing up in the 90s, man, you had Michael Jordan, King Griffey Jr., you had the Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa home run chase. Sports were awesome then. But I just – I think when when I think about when I first started watching baseball, Griffey is the first name that comes to mind. Well, that reminds me of the World Baseball Classic, the – 
video that I'm sure you saw of all of these players that are <laughs> yeah. around you, probably your somewhere in between the age range of me and you, because I think yeah. we're about five years apart. And they all grew up watching Griffey, and they're all just in awe watching him take BP. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and he's still hitting bombs at, at however old he is now. He was I mean, the swing is still there. Obviously, not not the same bat speed and and that sort of stuff. But I guess when you got that skill, you you still have it. And it's interesting. Like there are guys that can dunk that even when they get into their fifties and sixties, they still have the ability to dunk. I mean, obviously not like they did when they were in their prime, but they can still get up there and, and dunk a basketball, which is awesome. So that was really cool to see because I didn't know that Griffey still had that in him. <laughs> and I was down there and I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. Bob Nightingale will be on with me next week. We'll be doing a rundown of the baseball news, but Bob and I were, I was following Bob around a little bit at spring training. And one of the days we were there, we went to the first two, I went to the first two exhibition games for team USA. And that first day was just such a surreal moment for me as I think it would be for really anyone who grew up as a big baseball fan and is just kind of first getting this opportunity. But one of the days was, um, it was that first exhibition game. We're down on the field and I'm just seeing Arenado, Goldschmidt, Pete Alonzo, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts taking turns, hitting BP, just missiles all over the field. But then while this is going on, Bob is, I see Bob, Bob kind of is like lurking around. He's talking to people. I'm talking to people. I'm mostly talking to other writers. I'm talking to Ken Rosenthal. And then Bob, I just see Ken Griffey Jr. goes up and he embraces Bob and they're talking for a long time. And I'm just like, that's Ken Griffey Jr. Like that. I think there's something about if it's a player that you grew up watching, the coolness doesn't wear off quite as much as now if I see Mike Trout, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's Mike Trout. I mean, that's cool, you know, but if it's someone you grew up as a kid, you're like, oh, my gosh, and you saw that in that moment with all those players. Yeah, I just – I think, man, what his career could have been if he didn't have injuries. Like, he was just so, so good. Like, the 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 bat was one thing, but he was also just so good defensively, and it was just so much fun to watch him play. It was like – you know, like when we watched guys like Mike Trout or Julio Rodriguez now, I mean, it's just like it's a point. It was appointment television. And it was just I, I just yeah, he and I don't know him and him in a Mariners uniform. Obviously, he went to the Reds and that was great, you know, um, you know <laughs> honoring his dad. But like I just I, I always love him in the Mariners uniform. And that's just what I think of him as. Yeah, my childhood, as I mentioned, I'm five years younger than you. My childhood was more, I was more enamored with a different Mariners player. And that was Ichiro. Ichiro oh, yeah. was kind of the guy from my childhood. Yeah. Um, and I, I met Ichiro at spring training and oh my goodness, that was again, like another one. I'm just like, this is surreal. This can't, what is this? This is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh, he, he's just like an iron man almost. Like he, he played for so long and even when still, he was in his he's later still hitting, year, yeah, like I've seen I've seen videos of him in the cage now, and he's like, you know, whatever's he like five five years or so, five or six years post playing. I don't know when he retired, but I mean, yeah, he's he's still cutting it too. It's just crazy how how good these guys are. Yeah, he's forty nine years old. I videoed him in the cage, and it was it's pretty cool. Um, he was out there hitting and working out with the guys each day. Mike Cameron was there one day. That same day, I was there at Mariners camp and. I didn't even realize it was Mike Cameron. I'm like, who is this guy? He's huge. He's hitting rockets all over the field. Um, and then they're calling him Cam. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, 
that's Mike Cameron. He doesn't look like he's Asian Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I've seen these guys on MLB TV or MLB uh, Network. Some of those former players like Curtis Granderson, Jimmy Rollins, even Pedro Martinez doesn't look like he's aged a ton. So, and Frank Thomas looks like he could go out there and take some bats <laughs> yeah. too. You know, like a lot of these guys, man, they just they still stay in good shape even after they're done playing. All right, Cole. So I'm gonna run through my picks coming to the season. And I'm curious, I you had mentioned you hadn't really thought too much about your own predictions, and that's cool, but I'll give you mine coming into the year, and we'll see how I'm doing so far. So, um, in the American League East, believe it or not, I actually had the Tampa Bay Rays winning the division. Well, there you go. <laughs> Started off 13-0 and or whatever it was, so hit that one. 13-0, and however, they're, they just lost Jeffrey Springs, they are without glass now, so I mean we'll they see. Taj, they got Taj Bradley coming up now. Though. Yeah, look pretty good. So he did. That's true. They just yeah. got. They they've just got a, a ton of guys, man. And that, what's cool is I live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and their high A affiliate, the Bowling Green Hot Rods, is here. So a lot of these guys that are there now, like Wander Franco, was here a few years ago. Um, a lot of guys that. So we moved here in 2019, and then. Uh, the 2020 season was canceled. So really 2021 was the first year that I was able to start uh, watching the hot rods. And uh, a lot of those guys that were on that team are, are getting close to breaking through to the majors now. So that's, I, I, I always kind of root for the Rays just because of that. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're fun to watch. I mean, they have, they've had such a great pipeline, all these great prospects coming up and they've done an incredible job of not overvaluing players um, shipping guys out at the right time. It's a it's a Wall Street strategy of selling high and buying low, and they've perfected it. Yeah, yeah, they're good. <laughs> so Tampa is in first place as of today. They're fifteen and three. They've got a four game lead on Toronto, four and a half on uh, Baltimore and New York. I had Toronto and New York as wild card teams, and I'm actually thinking, starting to think, why didn't I pick? Baltimore and the the thought was just the pitching staff I just don't think the pitching staff is going to be as good as other teams in the American League if they had they signed Kyle Gibson and they've got a couple other young guys Grayson Rodriguez got called up but if they had added I I mean I don't know I I wouldn't I shouldn't even say if they had DeGrom or Rodon because neither of them are I mean DeGrom just got injured. Rodon's not pitching right now. But if they had added a, a pitcher like that to their staff, that would have changed the way I looked at them. Uh, was this kind of how you were looking? And then I had Boston finishing at the bottom of the pack. Is that how you were kind of looking at the American Leagues coming in? Any difference? Yeah, I'd probably uh, I probably would put New York at, uh, on, the t- on top just because of the talent that they have. But this is such a stacked division, especially because Baltimore is a really fun team to watch right now. Like yeah. Their offense looks legit. And it sucks because they're. I think that they could make they could win a division or, or make it to the playoffs that they were in any other division. But they're yes. always going to have to go against Tampa Bay, Toronto, and New York. And typically, you know, Boston is typically pretty good. Uh, they're down this year, but I do think. I mean, I, I would I would expect this to be between Tampa Bay and New York by the end of the year, just because I think with Aaron Judge and then when you get Rodon back in New York, uh, I expect them to make some moves, but. You know, Toronto is there too, and Toronto's got a really good offense. And so, I don't know, man. That's a that's a really tough division. That that could be, you know, a, a really tight finish down the down the end. And 
I wouldn't put it past Baltimore to to sneak in there. You know, the weird thing about the American League East is it tends to be a new division champ every year or every couple years. So yeah. teams don't sustain success in this division because this division is so tough. And it's actually the opposite of what we have in the National League East, where the National League East has been a weird... Like, we've had Atlanta win the last five years. They went on their run for how many division titles did they win in a row? 12? Yeah. Something like that, you know, through yeah. 2005. And then in 2007 through 2011, the Phillies had their run, and then the Nationals had a – they didn't repeat as champs quite as consecutively, but they had a nice run. So that's kind of the weird thing about the National League East, which also has a number of good teams with – typically high payrolls um but for whatever reason their teams seem to remain at the top whereas the american league east is more of just i don't want to call it randomness but it's so competitive and part of the way i looked at it with the yankees i have them in as my one of my top wild card teams i think i have them as my number one wild card team is last year they sort of had a season where you know granted not they they did battle injuries. Benintendi was out. Carpenter was out. Uh, LeMahieu was out. But they generally avoided the injury bug the way that they have in years past. And this year, I think we're already starting to see kind of what's happening with our pitching staff. I just don't know if the same magic is going to be there from a year ago. Yeah, I could totally see that too. And there, I think the competition that they're facing is maybe a little stiffer. Like, I, I don't know that Baltimore is quite ready just yet to break through against some of these top teams, but man, they're right on the door and, and they just, they feel like a team that in, they, they, they kind of feel like the Mariners in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, how how the Mariners, yeah. the, the Mariners surprised a lot of people last year with a lot of young talent, but then they went out and got an actual ace in Luis Castillo. So like you said, I mean, if, if Baltimore can pull that off sometime at the deadline and get a frontline starter, which if they're in contention, I fully expect them to go for it. Because, I mean, these young players with Adley Rutschman, like Jorge Mateo has been great. Ryan Mountcastle has been unbelievable so far to start the year. They've just – and Austin Hayes has been hitting the ball well. Uh, you got Gunnar Henderson. they got Grayson Rodriguez. I, I, I just – I really like their future. Then obviously Jackson Holiday waiting in the wings in a few years who they just drafted last year. Uh, and who, you know, when I think when this team, when this core guys is really uh, in their prime – and Jackson comes up, man, that, that could be something really special in Baltimore. I agree with you. Yeah, and it, I was sort of thinking that they could be one of those teams that would be in on Pablo Lopez a yeah. few months ago, but for whatever reason, they're it seems like they're kind of waiting to make that move. Maybe they feel like they want to, again, see, see how things go in the first half, develop pitching, and if they need to, which they're, I mean, they're eventually going to need to add somebody, but maybe it's this year, maybe it's this winter. Um, but yeah, like, gotta like what Baltimore's doing. Now, Minnesota, who did pick up Pablo Lopez, they are in first place in the American League Central, and they are up one and a half games on Cleveland. You've got Detroit at seven and nine, Chicago White Sox, seven and 11, and the Kansas City Royals at four and 14. This isn't too different from how I was sort of expecting things to shake out. Yeah. I do have Cleveland winning this division. I think they will win this division. But I think Minnesota could be a they could be a strong team throughout the year and maybe contend for a wild card. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird because I feel like the White Sox have missed 
an opportunity the last few years. Like they they've they've had a window, and I just feel like like I, look, I loved Tony Larusa when he was in St. Louis. I thought that was the absolute wrong hire for the the White Sox when they brought him in there. And others will disagree with that. I mean, I know that they had some issues. I mean, he's just as old school. And that is a that is a clubhouse full of really young, like swaggy guys. And it just <laughs> it felt it felt like such a weird mix. And so they they really should be better. You know, like they they should they should they have the talent to win that division. And if they don't, I, I honestly feel like they're kind of underachieving because you got Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn, Giolito, uh, I mean, they got a lot of other guys too. And, and it's it's just I don't understand how they've been so mediocre but i mean minnesota's look great i do think cleveland will probably end up winning that i i think they obviously they, they played really well uh and had a tough loss to, to exit the playoffs last year but i think that they're they're they've got some young pitchers as well in fact one of the guys who used to pitch for the hot rods peyton battenfield started for them yesterday oh. and threw and through through like six six pretty good innings now it was against the tigers uh, he got <laughs> traded to the he got traded to the uh, Indians a few years ago, but I picked him up in fantasy and streamed him for this week because he had a relief pitcher eligibility and he got me fourteen and a half points. So, <laughs> you know, from that perspective, he looked pretty good. But they've they've got some young guys. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, I, you know, is good. They, they've got uh, Shane Bieber and other guys like that. And so I, I just think throughout the course of the season, they're going to be a really good team. Yeah, and they're also right now they have. I think they're going to need to figure out the rotation at some point. Because um, McKenzie's hurt, right? Is he not? Yeah, McKenzie's yeah. out for what could be two months. Uh, and I talked to him at spring training. He's a great guy. Very yeah. great quote, actually. It was in the Guardians clubhouse, and I asked Paul Hoynes, one of the longtime beat guys, who would be a good quote. And he said, McKenzie and Josh Bell. So I talked to both of them. Uh, they gave me great quotes. So that was fun. Um, but Tristan is out right now, and then... Aaron Savali just got placed on the IL too. So that's two of their top four starters. Um, Bieber actually got knocked around the other day, but I'm not too concerned about him. Um, But Zach Plesak really has not developed the way that I think people thought he would after a strong rookie year. Um, He has looked not very strong. Um, But anyway, they're eventually going to get healthy, and they have – young pitchers like Battenfield, like Hunter Gaddis, and some other guys too in their farm system that they probably like to develop. And yeah. if they got into a situation where they need to add another starting pitcher later in the year, they could always do that. Um, but I still think they're going to win this division. They're going to get healthy. Um, and I just love the brand of baseball that they play. It's it's very much old school. It's yeah. fun. It's it's an inverse of Moneyball is something I wrote about last year. It's at one point in time we were overvaluing RBI batting average, and now we're probably undervaluing those metrics. So great team that puts the ball in play, plays great defense, uh, ba- runs the bases very well. Um, and Jose Ramirez, there's something about when you see a guy take batting practice in person, there are a few guys who really just stand out to you as different. And watching Jose's BP down there on the field I was like this is one of the great players in this sport and he doesn't get talked about a lot same thing with Andre Semenes yeah yeah because they're both really low-key and I I love that like Ramirez is is truly a star and he like legitimately loves playing in Cleveland and he just loves like being in that environment and it's it's not flashy it's not like you know you have some stars that are that are swaggy or they have you know a lot of like 
I don't know, like an aura around them. And and he, he just goes out there and plays baseball and he does it really, really well. And he's consistently one of the best players in the game. One of the best players at a premium position in third base. Like you mentioned, Jimenez is really, really good too. Josh Bell, I thought was a really good pickup for them. Uh, I thought that was a great ad. And then, you know, Josh Naylor, I think he's hurt right now, if I'm not mistaken, but whenever he's healthy, uh, uh he's playing right now, but it's, 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 maybe Bo Naylor, that's hurt. one of the two is hurt. I yeah. Think, both but, hurt. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, when, when Josh Naylor, you know, is playing at his best too, I mean, he had a pretty good postseason. I just remember him hitting some home runs and he just, now he gets a little hyped up. He gets a little <laughs> swaggy. Um, but man, I, yeah, I like how they play. They're just a fun team. And, you know, Miles Straw, nice, nice player. Miles Straw is having a really nice start to the year. He's hit a, yeah. he hit a I saw him hit a home run at spring training. I was like, yeah. wow. And everyone in the booth was like, wow, that was Miles Straw. <laughs> he's like a, he's almost like a hundred pence with a little bit less power. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, but like he, but he's a, yeah, he's, he's a good player. Like good, good defensive player for great him defensive player. Good speed on the base pass. Like I, the other day, he had like a swinging bunt, beat it out in the ninth inning, got yeah. on base. The end of the game, and then he, he was the game tying run, didn't win. Um, yeah. Going back to what you said on the White Sox, though, I think the window is is passing right in front of them. I mean, this I, I is. Agree. I agree. I talked about this with uh, Bob last winter. And I remember saying to Bob, I'm like, Bob, I don't know what they're doing here. Why aren't they being more aggressive? Like, this is their window right here. Last year, whatever that concoction they had did not work. And I don't think it was Tony La Russa. Um, then they had, you know, Miguel Cairo comes in and they play really well for him. Now, granted, they collapsed at the very end of the year, but... I thought Cairo did a pretty good. He, I thought he kind of nailed his audition as a manager, but then they bring in Pedro Grafal, Um, and I just don't entirely know what's going on here because if if I had this roster with several promising, exciting young players and an ace like Dylan Cease, I'd be trying to shake things up. I'd be trying to spend some money. Now, granted, Reinsdorf hasn't been known to spend money. Uh, but I mean, I just thought that there were some moves that they could have made. One of the moves I would have made, Joey Gallo, add yeah. him, add some pop in that lineup. Last year they were kind of, I think, bottom five or six in home runs, yeah. um, in that ballpark, big time hitters park. So, yeah, I think the I think the White Sox era is passing right in front of them, and I think there's serious cause for concern on the South Side. Yeah, I'm right there with you because yeah, you, I mean. <laughs> You've got a guy like Dylan Cease and, and Giolito. Whenever he pitches well, is is you know one of the better pitchers too. But yeah, like I just hate to see somebody like Tim Anderson not get a chance to to go for you know a, a run in the playoffs. And uh, I know that it's it's not just one player, but yeah, they've had really good teams. They've had Rodon at one point uh, on their staff as well, and 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 Jose Abreu whenever he was the MVP. Now, granted, that was the shortened season, but like they just yeah, they missed some opportunities and they missed the window and. It's it's so hard to win a World Series in baseball, and it's not all about that. It's just that they haven't even made a run. Yeah, it. it's it's one thing to make a run and not win it. Like the Cardinals didn't win in 2013, and so that window of 2011 to, to 2013, 14-ish, like they got beaten in NLCS. But it's like they were at least in in the running. You know, it's it's one thing to to lose in those games, then it's another to just not even like be at the table. And I feel like the the for the most part, the White Sox haven't even been at the table, which has been disappointing to watch. Very disappointing to watch. The other thing I remember talking about with some White Sox fans before the season was, I just said, I don't see why this team is going to not suffer the same fate as it did a year ago. And 
maybe even get worse in all, in all honesty. I think it's a possibility. I think they finished at 81 and 81. I wouldn't, I think I had them at least around that, maybe under 500, something like that. One of the things I heard was, well, we had a lot of injuries last year. Therefore, we should be good this year. And at some point, you have to start thinking, well, are the players that you have just injury prone? Is that like a problem? Eloy Jimenez. Eloy, Eloy Jimenez. Jimenez is back on the IL. Tim Anderson's yeah. back on the IL. Tim Anderson has only had one season where I think he's played like 150 games. I think that's only happened once in his career. He's been out a lot lately. So, yeah, I just don't I just don't think this club has it. Yeah, no, I, and you, Eloy is another one where he's just so big and it's I don't know why he was ever playing in the outfield. You know, I mean, he got hurt in spring training. I think it was it last year, or the year before, when he got hurt in spring training. Two years uh, ago, yeah. So, so he was going up for a, you know, to like basically rob a rob a home run and hurt his hurt himself. And it's like he's so dang big that yeah. he just like it. He needs to just hit. I mean, it, it's, right. Or or teach him how to play first base or something. But like, I don't know. He, he's he's another guy. He just can't stay healthy, and his his potential when he's at his full health is unbelievable but we've just not really been able to see that and as a baseball fan i just it sucks because i want to see guys like that play well i want to see them at their best i want to see guys like tim anderson Eloy jimenez even giolito when he's gone through struggles like i want to see these guys at their best and i just feel like we haven't gotten to see that yeah i mean i just yeah i agree with you i feel the same i i had high hopes for that team after 2020 i thought that they were going to enter into something pretty special here and i thought that maybe by now we'd be talking about a team that could win the pennant um but it's they're trending in the opposite direction minnesota i had them as a kind of i think so i had all right division champs in the al i had tampa cleveland um houston and then i had for my wild cards i had seattle new york and toronto and then i also said who could be those kind of teams just kind of missing out of the wild card i had minnesota um, I had Baltimore, and then the other one that I was just kind of curious by, I know we do it every year, but the Los Angeles Angels. I think m- maybe this concoction, maybe they're a little better this year. We go through it every year, but I really think that if Anthony Rendon is healthy this whole year, if he can stay healthy, that changes the outlook for this team. Yeah, another team where you, you, you want to see them have a run because I want to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani play at a high level. I mean, we got to see that in the world yeah. baseball classic and it was awesome but man it's it's amazing to me that they've not they've not been able to to break through i mean and this is it's not as tough of a division as others but you know going against houston is not easy seattle was good last year uh and then it, you know this year with the balanced schedule they can't just beat up on oakland which you know oakland oakland could be pesky sometimes i mean they're three and 15 right now but like they could be pesky at some point. Right. Um, but yeah, well, it's, last uh, year, last year was the first time Oakland lost a hundred games since 1979. Yeah. yeah. To your point. So, yeah. So, I mean, there it, it's a, it's a winnable division. I mean, it's not, it's not a slam dunk, but it's, it's a winnable division when you've got two of the best players uh, in the game. And so it's just, their, their pitching is going to have to step up. They're going to have to get more out of some of their younger guys that, that, you know, they, they haven't gotten, as much out of uh, they, they have drafted, I think fairly well. And I think there was a couple years ago where I, I want to say it was almost like their first 20 picks. They just took all pitchers and it was like unreal how they just like, we're going to just throw, throw this at the wall and see what sticks. I think it was, I remember I was in San, I was, I think it was 2021, the 2021 draft. Cause I was in San Diego that year 
uh, and I was following the draft when I was there, and I was just seeing every pick come through for the first like 15, 20 rounds for the for the Angels was all was all pitchers. And I mean, they've not had good pitching in recent years, so it might as well like let's just see what happens. And I, I don't know how close some of those guys are, but that do the, I do know they have some young arms in their system that they're going to need to to perform well. And and they may go out if they're in contention, they may go out and get another arm, uh, just because you know you can only throw Otani every six day, you can't throw him every five days. And <laughs> yeah. So you've got to you've got a side young arm, but he's also one of your best hitters, so they've got to they've got to temper his inning somewhat. One other pickup that I really liked that I think was not talked about a lot was the Logan Ohapi pickup last year at the deadline. They yeah. got him in a swap. I think it was just a one for one him and Brandon Marsh, or maybe there were a couple other players thrown in there, but Logan Ohapi could be a superstar. Uh, and I, I thought Philly might regret that trade. I know they had JT Romuto and I know that Marsh played a big part in helping them get to the world series. But if you're just looking at asset for asset, I think Ohapi is going to be a very special player. I'm with you because uh, you'd like to think that Joe Adele is going to pan out eventually. Uh, that's another outfielder that they've got. And I, I mean, they've got Taylor Ward. They've got, I mean, I, I feel like. Nicky Moniak, they have him. Yeah. He had a great spring. Uh, it'd I, be think interesting. He, I, think, I think he came over in that trade then because he. Used that to was, uh, he actually, so they did two trades with the okay, well, deadline. That was the one for Cindergard. So. Okay. That was yeah. another one. I, I mean, like Cindergard didn't play a big role for the Phillies down the stretch. So, yeah. Yeah, I uh, Moniak, I mean, he was number one overall pick at one point, right? Or, yeah, 2016, 2017. So, I mean, you'd like to think that that pedigree is going to pan out to something. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think when you could find a catcher like Ohapi, that's a really good thing. And he's looked good so far. The bat has looked legit. Yeah, you mentioned Joe Adele. He was one of those people that seeing him up close, you're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that guy is that big. Like, wow, he's huge. <laughs> Yeah, he's from Kentucky too. He's from Louisville, so oh uh, sweet. Here, here in these parts, people people will follow him, and I mean, I hope he does well. He's he's had some some success, but a lot of struggle. Um, and I just I'd love love to see him be consistent as well. Just and and I think too, just like as somebody who plays fantasy baseball, it's like I want to see more guys that are like legitimate uh, players in the player pool to be chosen for them. Cause it's like some guys it's like, well, they're, you don't even want to take a chance on them cause they're just going to be dead weight. But like, <laughs> you know, you want to see guys like Joe Adele pan out and see their skill set pan out because that could be really valuable, not just for the angels, but also like in fantasy baseball, it could be really <laughs> valuable. So, and they're just fun to it's watch. True. Like, like I stay up and I watch some West coast baseball every now and then. And, and you know, I, I want to see some of these young, exciting guys. 100%. Now, my my takeaways from the early, way too early takeaways from the American League, we, we covered AL East, AL Central, and we won't go too deep in the AL West because we did a whole hour, two-hour podcast on it. But early takeaways, I think Seattle can win the division. I know they haven't looked great to start, but if Jared Kelnick is this, if this is what he was, this is what he was billed as as a superstar. Some thought he'd be better than Julio Rodriguez. If he plays this way all year, I think that entirely changes the outlook for the Seattle Mariners. And then on the flip side of that, Houston's coming out of the gate a little slow. Now I still think Houston's going to win the division, but I mean they're without Altuve and they did lose Verlander. And you're just—it's just curious. I don't—I haven't watched them that closely. I'm not entirely sure why they're eight and ten, but 
they're not going to, given the fact that they're eight and ten, they're not going to win 106 games this year. That's that's something that says they're probably going to be somewhere around. They could win 100, maybe they're 95, but that makes a big difference because last year they ran away with the division, and that I don't think they're going to win that many this year now. Yeah, and I would love to see Seattle. Uh, come up and take that division this year it's that they're a fun team kind of like i mentioned about the orioles uh, i just kind of enjoy watching young guys like julio and, and you know they got luis castillo last year which i thought was a great pickup and they just got some young talent um but yeah i mean it's it, texas i think is I, I like texas too now if Degrom is is healthy that's the big thing obviously he left to start the other day early but they said that was just precautionary which that's been pretty consistent with with how they how they've treated him um, so far, but going back to the Mariners, Kelnick, I mean, he's so physically gifted, but he just struggles to hit lefties and he also struggles to hit off speed pitches. And so like a lot of his, a lot of his contact so far has come off fastballs. And so my, my concern is just, you know, it, it, how, how, how sustainable is that? Now I hope it's sustainable. I hope he can figure it out, but it's just the last couple of years we've seen him just look almost like, scared at the plate sometimes and i and i hate it because he's got so much ability but it's it almost seemed like he got the yips for a while because he was so bad at the major league level and then he went down to triple a hit hit that pitching again and but there was even a time if i remember right that he was struggling for a a brief moment hitting triple a pitching too and it's just yeah i i I just i hope he doesn't get in his head because the, the talent is there a little bit of success i hope that translates into some momentum for him it's you mentioned the word swag a couple times. That's a player with swag. I oh, talked yeah. to him briefly in the Mariners clubhouse. He's got he has he's chains jacked. around his neck. He's, like he's jacked too. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, uh, are you buying Texas at all? Texas is off to an eleven and six start. They've won three straight. They've got a run differential of plus thirty four, which is the second best in the American League. I'm not like totally against buying them because I mean I think Adelise Garcia is good. I think. Corey Seager is great. Marcus Simeon. I mean, they've got really good pieces on their team. Jonah Heim, pretty good hitting catcher as well. Uh, th- their pitching is 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 pretty good. I mean, I I, I don't know their bullpen all that well, um, but yeah, I mean, I think they have the pieces there, especially if those guys that they've given big contracts to pan out and play well. I mean, I think the the potential is there for them to to do to do damage there. Yeah, I haven't gotten to watch them yet this year. I know they're playing good baseball. Um, I'm just a little hesitant because last year I think they won what like 69 games. So you're looking at, I mean, it just it's hard to have that big of a win improvement from one year to the next to go from 69 or 68 wins. I mean, it's 68 to division champ. Um, but granted, so far the early part of the season, you've seen four teams that are competitive on any given day. And then you've got Oakland there at the bottom of the division. Oakland will be back eventually, but <laughs> eventually. they're. Uh, I mean, it's it's fun to see when you have when you have like four teams that could compete for a division title. Now, granted, that might not be the case, but right now, um, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much we'll we'll get out of Oakland in the next couple of years. <laughs> They've got. I mean, they got they got some young some They've nice young pieces. players. Yeah, like the 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 Frankie Montas trade brought back a couple of nice pieces from from New York and. I don't know what else they've done, but I mean, they've, I don't know. They're just one of those teams where it almost feels like kind of like the pirates where it's just kind of like, 
they're a farm club for other teams where they just <laughs> they don't they don't keep them for very long and then once they get you know have success i mean like they trade off matt olson sean murphy matt chapman these guys are you know top tier players that were in oakland and now they're elsewhere because they just don't they don't keep them around so i've got in the american league those were my picks so i had tampa cleveland houston and then the wild card seattle new york and toronto I actually picked Cleveland to win the American League this year. So that's my AL. All right. I like it. National League. National League East, I went with the Braves to repeat again as division champions. But I think the Mets are a more dangerous team in the playoffs. The Mets need to get – they need to have a healthy pitching staff. That's that's my main thing. If I'm the Mets – I don't really care if we win the division. Obviously, it'd be nice. But if we can just get in with Scherzer, Verlander, Senga, and whomever else we're going to try to throw, maybe it's Quintana, maybe it's Peterson, maybe it's McGill, if we just have our top three guys healthy because you've got two pitchers that are either 40 or just under 40, and then you've got Senga, who's logged a lot of innings in Japan, but if you can if you can get them all healthy in the postseason, that's a really dangerous uh, pitching staff to have. Now Verlander, of course, maybe some concerns about his clutchness. He's not always been the greatest in the postseason. Um, but the other thing I like about the Mets compared to the Braves come postseason is contact rate. I'm a big believer in it's it's important to hit for contact and get on base. And the Mets don't strike out a whole lot. At least they didn't last year. Um, the the thing is, as much as I like Atlanta, their kind of ingredients of what we saw last year, where it was very much long ball or bust, is you you do go through famines. You do go through dry spells where you're not really putting the ball in play. You're not putting pressure on the other team to make mistakes. So I had Atlanta winning the division, and then I had New York actually going to the World Series. Okay, yeah. That's a that's another loaded division, just like the NL East. I mean, it's hard for me to bet against Philadelphia again after watching, you know, how well they played last year. They're going to get Bryce Harper back eventually. And who knows, they may go out and add another arm as well. Um, Zach Wheeler, when he's healthy, is great. Aaron Nola is great. And I, I love the addition of Trey Turner. And then I think Kyle Schwarber is just amazing in the playoffs, so it's hard for me to bet against him. But that's going to be tough because Atlanta is playing as well as anybody right now. Their pitching is really good. I think their lineup up and down, one through nine, is really solid. And they just called Von Grissom back up, which I think their offense is better with Von Grissom in it. They you know, can debate between who's the better defensive players, him or Orlando Arcia, whenever they're healthy. I think they're better whenever Von Grissom is in that lineup. Yeah, hitting. I agree. Uh, and so if he sticks around and plays shortstop for them, that's a pretty good uh, middle infield, offensively at least. And I do think that Grissom will get better defensively. I think especially now that he's up there, he's not going to want to go back down to AAA, which, by the way, he was absolutely destroying AAA pitching when he was down there. Uh, and so he he's going to want to stick in Atlanta. Uh, they've added Sean Murphy. And, and man, that offense is, is just really, really good. Uh, when Ronald Acuna is playing as well as anybody right now. Matt Olson is, is great. So... They're going to be really, really tough to beat. I mean, you look at every single position. Austin Riley at third base, <laughs> amazing. Like they just have talent up and down that roster. And then you got guys like Max Freed and other pitchers. I mean, Charlie Morton, whenever he's pitching well, is good. 
Kyle Wright when he's healthy, he's been really good too. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, that's a, that's a really, really tough division to pick. It is a tough division. However, Atlanta's won it five years in a row. I think they'll win it again. Uh, so that's where I went. I actually though had Philly missing the postseason, and I saw this as a hangover year. I we saw what they did in the postseason. I thought that they're a team, at least last year, that was constructed better for the postseason than the regular season because, at least in those early rounds, because they could use Wheeler and Nola, and those guys were just studs for them. But I don't see the depth in their rotation. At least they didn't have it last year. Now, they added Taiwan Walker. They've got Ranger Suarez. They were hoping Andrew Painter could be that fifth guy, but Painter might not – I mean. Be interesting to see how they manage Painter because he could get rushed back sometime this year, but he might. They might be better off for his own development, not having him pitch this year. Um, anyway, though, I saw the Hoskins injury, I saw the Harper injury, and I thought there was a lot of luck with their team last year. They really just barely got into the postseason, largely thanks to Milwaukee playing so poorly down the stretch. <laughs> And I just, quite frankly, I think there are some teams that are going to finish above them. So I had Philly missing the postseason. And so far, so far, I mean, I I don't think I've looked uh, too bad on that pick. But it is very early. Yeah. I mean, I I, I could totally see that scenario playing out, just like you said. I mean, it really depends on how good they are, you know, when Bryce Harper does come back. And I do think the depth of their rotation is a question because, yeah, they were able to beat the Cardinals in that early series because they could just throw Nola and Wheeler out there. And the Cardinals. Well, also, the Cardinals Cardinals gave a game away. Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. You have that kind of a ninth inning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they really, they, they really should have been able to to at least push that game to push that series to three games, but yeah, I think you're right though. I mean, because yeah, after Nola Wheeler, they they don't have a ton of depth in the rotation, which that's when we get to the National League Central. I mean, that's going to be a big reason why the Cardinals struggle is their pitching, uh, and so yeah, you got to have depth at that spot, and I think the Braves and the Mets have the advantage there when it comes to pitching. Well, and also their defense last year, they were I know they got better with Marsh. Um, but they have not been a good defensive club over the last few years. And that I think is kind of hidden when you've got Wheeler and Nola and how, how much they they're striking guys out. Um, And then it's exposed a little more when you get into some of those other pitchers. So maybe those other pitchers are a little better if they have a better defense behind them. But I just don't think that, yeah, I don't have Philly. Uh, I think Washington isn't. They're not going to make any moves this year, but I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I mean, I've already watched them a few times. They've got a lot of young players. There are a lot of guys on that team that have the potential to be a star. C.J. Abrams, uh, Kiebert Ruiz. Um, you just keep going, Mackenzie Gore, and they're kind. What I like about what Washington's doing is it's not what the Chicago Cubs are doing. Washington is in full rebuild mode. Let's get last year. Let's they emptied everything out, got as many young controllable assets as possible. Um, so I like what Washington's doing. We will shift over to the uh, National League Central here. Um, the Cubs are ten and six. Cole, I you had a really the best way to describe the Cubs the other day. You messaged me and you said this feels like a 
college basketball roster full of tra- uh, transfer portal guys. <laughs> yeah, that was just like whenever I saw who they were adding, I was like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It just kind of feels like a <laughs> hodgepodge of guys. Like they're nice players, but it's just kind of like, what's the goal here? Like these aren't guys that are going to win you a World Series, and they they're just they're just kind of they're just guys, you know? Like they're just dudes. <laughs> I mean, like. Like Mancini's fine, but it's like he's kind of just a dude. And like Eric Hosmer <laughs> at this point is just kind of a dude. Now Swanson, good player, but like he's on the back end of age thirty now. And I just wonder how how like what happens. A lot I don't of think times I don't is, think he's that old yet. I think he's twenty turning twenty nine this year. Okay, so what happens though a lot of times is when these guys go to like their second team. You know, I, I guess for him it's his third because he was, you know, with the with the right. Diamondbacks. But like, for all intents and purposes, like his second real team. A lot of times, like teams pay for what the player has already done, and they expect that same production going forward. And it's like you can't expect James B. Swanson to produce from the this point to the next five years for what he did the past five years. Like he he's not gonna he's I don't think he's gonna age particularly well. Uh, I, I think his defense is going to stay great, but like I just I don't know how well he's going to age offensively. Uh, and so you know they just got some guys like Jamison Tyone. It was like okay, like he's a nice player, but like it's just like does it really move the needle a lot? Right. And I just I just like are you trying to win? Are you just trying to feel a competitive roster and get into the playoffs and see what happens? Because that's kind of what the Cardinals do. Um, I, I just I don't I don't really know what their goal is. It's like yeah, like you you fielded a. a when you look at their roster, it's like there's some nice nice players here, like you know Ian Happ in the outfield, who I know you just absolutely love Ian Happ. <laughs> uh, but like you know, like guys like Christopher Morell like aren't aren't playing now, and it's like I thought he was a really promising piece last year, and I just thought, man, he's a guy that I really would like to not build around, but like make sure that he's part of my my build. And he's not even playing with the team now because they brought in guys like Cody Bellinger for one year, and it's like. Okay, what's the plan there? Like, is it just a stopgap? Because, like you mentioned to me, there's guys now that aren't getting that development at the major league level because other guys like Bellinger are taking those at bats. So, look, if their if their goal was to win and they had, you know, a, a, an ace or two, and, and a, you know, maybe a really stud offensive player that I felt like they could, you know, hang their hats on, then I think okay, they're making a run for it. Because, quite frankly, the NL Central is a very winnable division. And so it doesn't take a lot to really put together a team that could win that division. And the Cubs, it, you know, maybe they maybe they plan to make a move or two at the deadline and put themselves in position. I don't know. I just I don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing either. I've been so perplexed by it all. I will say to touch on several points that you made. First, I think Swanson last year he had his best offensive season. I think that move was them projecting where they expect him to continue to develop at the plate. And I actually think that contract's going to be okay because of what he's going to give you in terms of defense and uh, leadership, and he's also a clutch hitter. I just didn't see a need for it when you had Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal up the middle already. So now Madrigal is one of your pieces a year ago, and he had a really nice stretch in August. I think he had like a 380 OBP, 380. 10 average um and now he's not really playing anymore he's a and this was a number four overall pick in the draft not that long ago in 2018 so magical's blocked 
Um, Morrell is in AAA. I don't get that one at all. Even with the additions that they've made, I don't see how you can't have Morrell as your utility guy that's mm-hmm. filling in on off days, who's pinch hitting, pinch running. He's not even getting that. Edwin Rios is a in the big leagues above him. Nelson Velasquez uh, made his first start of the season last week. And in his first start, he had a double, a grand slam, another hit, and a walk. He went three for four, got on base four different times, and then he didn't play again after that. And then he got sent back down to AAA. So it's like... Yeah, you're maybe you're buying some goodwill with some fans who are impatient and they're not happy that the last core of players just got decimated. But now you are really, I think, preventing yourself from potentially blossoming into what you had before, um, which was a a very good core of young players that helped you get to that next level. And then the Ian Happ extension really blocks that opportunity because right now the three best players, according to MLB.com, three best players in the Cubs farm system are all outfielders. So you've got Suzuki under contract through 2026. Now you got Ian Happ under contract through 2026. You really only have one more outfield position that's open. Now I know there's a DH, maybe Happ DHs, maybe one of these guys DHs, but... I mean, if you want to get better, you got to, like, if you want to reach that level and develop stars, you need to give them a chance to play. And I just, I think the Ian Happ extension and some of these other moves that they've made are going to run counter to that ultimate goal. Yeah. And they also, I mean, I I thought Matt Mervis would get a chance as well at some point this year. Yeah, he probably will at some point. I just, you know, they signed they signed uh, Eric Hosmer and then Trey Mancini can also play first base. So I just kind of felt like, I don't know. So I say that because Matt Mervis was getting a lot of helium in the in the drafts in the yeah. pre preseason, like during the fantasy baseball draft season. A lot of people thought maybe he would be the guy, and uh, they signed Eric Hosmer. They got they got uh, Mancini, and I just I just wonder like what kind of at bats he's going to be able to get. And he's another young guy that, like, if I was a Cubs fan, I'd I'd want to see what he can do. But I think you're right about Morell because there's there's so many places you can play him, and it's like Brendan Donovan with the Cardinals, where he can just play just about everywhere. And even if even if Morell doesn't start, just having somebody like him, like Chris Taylor with the Dodgers, like you can put him at third, at short, in the outfield, second base, like that's just so valuable. And I felt like he held his own last year. Whenever he came up, he seemed like he played and he's just like a really likable guy too. Not that that well, matters from a baseball You mentioned that, like, but I mean, they were doing commercials here in Chicago for marquee network with morale yeah. in them. Like he became quickly became a fan favorite. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because again, we won't talk too much about Ian Happ, but they were really like talking about Ian Happ's this big fan favorite. He got his first at bat um, at Wrigley after his extension and they mic'd up the crowd and he didn't get any kind of standing ovation or anything like that. Like Ian Happ is not some huge fan favorite. Maybe there's a portion of, he, he does have fans, but Christopher Morrell, like in a short season quickly became a universally loved player by the fan base. He's yeah. an energizer bunny. Who's like just that he's like that, the, the rookie, the guy who's just so happy to be there. You see it every yeah. time he plays. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it because he would always like 
chatted up with guys whenever he was on base and just was like, I don't know. He just, he seemed like a kid in a candy shop. Yeah. He just was like really excited to be there, which I, I don't know how, you know, at, at some point he'll be a veteran and, and that won't be part of his shtick, you know, but like right now that's, that's cool. And it's like, he just seemed like a really likable guy. And even as a Cardinals fan, I was watching it and I was like, you know, my best friend's a Cubs fan. And I was like, man, I'd really like this Morel guy. I think that's a good piece to, to have as part of the rebuild. I mean, not like a centerpiece, but like, nonetheless a good piece so yeah I don't know. they're gonna they're gonna have to maybe ship some guys off that are blocked if they're gonna keep some of those guys around i just i don't know yeah and it's gonna be hard to do that when you're 10 and 6 i mean they're yeah. playing some good baseball i mean are you buying into them really doing anything this year not really and i don't say that just as a cardinals fan i just <laughs> i i don't know i mean now stroman has looked great um and hayden wesneski i think is really good too um and that's good to see him get a shot i i just i don't i don't know that they I, I mean, some of these guys that they have, I mean, like Bellinger has played, has won a World Series. Hosmer has won a World Series. Tyone played in New York. They have guys that have been there, and Swanson's won a World Series. So, I mean, it's not like they don't have that experience. It's just, uh, it's just a weird mix. You know, it's just a weird mix. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, and then quickly, because I mean, we got to touch on these other teams and we only have so much time, but, um, <laughs> Tyon, I mean, that's another one. You're you're signing like a fifth starter for seventy million dollars for four years. Like, I yeah. just feel like that kind of move is archaic. I don't really see that as a move of the future because, and maybe maybe I end up being wrong because we take away the shift and we have this pitch clock, so maybe those fifth starters are a little more harder to find. But last year, you plug in Adrian Sampson from the farm and. He was a great pitcher for the Cubs for like twelve starts. I don't. I we've talked about this before on this show. I there's a greater separation from the true aces um, and like the number three, number four guys than there are from like the number four and number five guys to the guys who are fringe starters who spot start for you. Like I don't think it's as hard to find a fifth starter. And then what we're also talking about when you've got. Caleb Killian, Jordan Wicks, and a number of interesting young pitching prospects. Now you're committing one of your rotation spots to a pitcher that I, quite frankly, don't ha- think has a very high ceiling. Um, again, I just don't know what that plan is there. But anyway, we should keep moving. Um, the Brewers are in first place. Maybe slept on Milwaukee Brewers team. I mean, this team last year I felt like was probably getting too much hype. A lot of people thought they'd win the world, get to the World Series. Now it felt like coming in this year, they weren't getting any hype. And now they're at the top of the division. Uh, Pittsburgh, 11 and 7. Uh, I kind of like Pittsburgh, in all honesty. I don't think they're going to win anything this year, but I th- I wouldn't be surprised if I actually thought that they'd maybe finish third this year with the Cubs finishing in fourth and Cincinnati finishing in fifth place because um, they have a lot of young players. Jack Sawinski, is ho- he homered in three straight at-bats. Um, Pittsburgh's interesting. Cincinnati, 7-10, I think it's kind of con- uh, continuation of last year. The Cardinals are in the basement of the National League Central. I need to give you a chance to vent and share your thoughts on the Cardinals. But I had the Cardinals winning the division. They were the only team in this division I had making the postseason. Yeah, and here's the thing, man. Like, Cardinals fans can be – like, I used to be such a a defender of, like – you know, Cardinals fans get mocked a lot, which I used to think it was kind of unfair. But, like, 
lately, man, it's just been so like doom and gloom among Cardinals fans. And I'm just <laughs> like, it is April 18th. Like last night, I, they, they lost the game last night. And I'm just like, people were texting me or, or tweeting and they're just saying stuff like, this looks like a team that has quit. They look like they don't want to play for Ollie Marmol. This is terrible. This doesn't even look like a 500 team. And I'm like, it's April 18th. Like, there's a there's a famous rant on YouTube. Were you expecting you, people to be positive on social media, Cole? Well, I I just I think it's it's insane to me how like zero to a hundred, and I don't know if this is like this with other fan bases, but like Cardinals fans can just be so annoying. And I'm like, and I, I don't even want to play to like the 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 best fans in baseball vibe. I think that shtick <laughs> is 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 stupid, but like. And like Cardinals fans don't actually say that if they ever say it, it's it's mocking it. Like that's that's, <laughs> that's a whole other debate. But like they can just be so annoying where it's like, oh my gosh, they've lost five games in April. We need to fire the manager. And like they're genuine, like they're serious. They're not even being hyperbolic. They're serious. And I'm just like, you are out of your mind. And, I, and I, like so, the year that they won the World Series in 2011, there's a famous rant on YouTube that you can find where Tony Larusa goes off on the reporters, and he just says something like. That like how do you how do you stay like positive? He's like, well, one thing I look at the calendar. He's like, it's the first week of the season, and like he keeps <laughs> he keeps saying that, and like, and then you know he he runs through the roster. He's like, do, do you not think Albert's gonna hit? You don't think Matt's gonna hit? You don't think David's gonna hit? Like it goes through. The, he's like, you don't think Lance is gonna hit? And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, seriously, y'all don't think Paul Goldschmidt's gonna hit? You don't think Nolan Nolan Gorman? You don't think Nolan Arenado's gonna hit? You don't think Tommy Edmonds gonna start hitting? Like you don't think Wilson Contreras is going to start hitting? Which, by the way, he had two home runs last night. Like it's it's the first month of the season. We're April nineteenth <laughs> as we're talking. Like it's fine. Baseball is is such a long season, and yeah, I mean technically, yeah, we're like eleven percent through the season. So like it's going to be tough if they want to win ninety games. But like you don't have to win ninety games to win the Central. <laughs> now, like like the problem the problem with that is yeah they're probably going to get the three seed again and have to play that you know best of three three game series which is not ideal. But I think that the hump to get over that, to get over that hump where they're, where they're one of the top two seeds, they would have had to have landed two aces. And that's, that is a legitimate frustration that Cardinals have with the front offices that they did not go out and do anything this offseason except sign Wilson Contreras, which that was a great signing. But we knew for a whole year that the catching position was going to be open when Yadier Molina you know, announced that he was going to retire. So that was like the bare minimum. Like you had to sign a catcher. And they just they rolled out the same starters that they had last year, and then they let Jose Quintana go, who was their game one starter in the playoffs. So they're counting on an aging or old Adam Wainwright to be a good pitcher for them, whose velocity has been way down. They're counting on Jordan Montgomery to be really good. They're counting on Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, and those guys just like Steven Matz, the other guy who can't stay healthy. It's just it's asking a lot of some guys that I just don't know that you should ask a lot of. So the offense, like the the, the offense, I don't expect them to get shut out by guys like Vincent Velasquez going forward. I don't expect <laughs> them. I don't expect them to strike out 10 times against Johan Oviedo. Like they looked great against the Blue Jays to start the year, but the Blue Jays are a really good team and they've struggled against other teams. And I think the Diamondbacks that they're playing currently as we're talking, they're pretty good. Uh, but yeah, like they're, they're going to struggle against some teams, but I, I, I think ultimately at, at, over the course of the season, the Cardinals are going to be fine. And right now the Brewers, their top two guys are hurt. So like, you know, this is an opportunity for them to, to win some games and 
I, I fully expect that to happen. I just I get so tired of the doom and gloom when we're in April. It's April eighteenth. <laughs> like it's April. I just don't know how to say. Like it's like it's like people have never watched baseball before and understand yeah. how long a season is. Yeah, and I mean, they're last year got off to a little bit of a slow start. They were second half team each of the last two years. They went on that huge win streak in twenty twenty one. So they've been a little slow coming out of the gate over the last couple of years too. And I think that. I mean, like you said, Milwaukee, I think they're legit. I think this is going to be those these two teams, and it could come down to the final week or two of the season. Um, now, granted, you mentioned the this competitive balance schedule. Um, I'm going to miss I, – I wish we had more divisional games. Like I, I would much rather see the Cardinals and the Brewers slug it out for 19 games rather than see the Cardinals play the Oakland A's or the – Orioles because I just don't think those games are add that much value as a fan and it's unnecessary travel um but anyway we'll talk about that another time I think (laughs) Cardinals uh I think their pitching staff is going to be good enough to win the division but not something that you can really go on a run in the postseason like you need you need those studs in the postseason but I think this pitching staff can average itself out and do okay I mean Montgomery prior last night had looked very good even going back to last year he was great uh Jack Flaherty looks like he's kind of refound what he had back in 2019 um he's healthy um and so I mean yeah uh Wainwright eventually comes back the pitching staff, I like. This is a much better. I think this. I'd rather to have this pitching staff over the Cubs pitching staff. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I think they'll be okay. I'm not too concerned. But they are six games back, so they're gonna need to start rattling off some of those wins pretty soon. They're gonna need to start scoring runs because they they've been they've been struggling to do that. And and you know guys like Arenado and, and Goldschmidt, you can't just rely on them. And so finally, like you know Contreras hitting a couple homers last night. Tommy Edmond has looked pretty pretty bad at the plate so far he's hitting ninth uh which is you know maybe not great and brendan donovan has looked good uh large newt bar has been hurt for the majority of, of the of the season so far so he's not played a ton but alec burleson has looked pretty good and then they've got tyler o'neill as well they, they have their offense is, is pretty dang good whenever you look at it one through nine and so they, they but you can't ask them to score eight runs every game if the pitching is going to give up a lot of runs. So at some point that's going to have to level off. There's going to have to be some give and take. The bullpen has not been very good. Jordan Hicks keeps getting used a lot and he's been just bad and they can't send him down because he's out of options. So it's like, do you really want to just let go of this guy that can throw 102 miles an hour? And then some team like the Dodgers will probably pick him up and turn him into a stud. So it's like, they keep running them out there, but it's just, it's not working. And so they're going to have to figure that out. That's going to be on all the normal to figure out because they he's got to work with what he's got and they've got guys like Matthew Libertor and the minors who I think we'll see at some point uh make some starts but hey where's uh where's Dakota Hudson at now he's uh he he may be hurt actually yeah Uh, he he was out all last year yeah uh he hasn't pitched at all and I'm not a huge Dakota Hudson fan if I'm being honest with you um I think he's better used in the bullpen uh, and and I did not want them to be reliant on him to be in the rotation. So if he does come back, I I, I think he's better off using the bullpen, which they could use an arm. Yeah, that's bullpen. what I was thinking. Could use that. I mean, because Palante the other night he melted down, yeah. and gave up a grand slam. Uh, so I'm just trying to think of how this bullpen. And then you mentioned um, Hicks, right? Jordan yeah. Hicks. Yeah, he. Yeah. 
I think the situation is he can he so if they want to send him down, he has to agree to it, and he didn't want to agree to it. So yeah, even though it might be best for him, so but I mean yeah. you get it. You don't want to go down to the minor leagues if you're in the big leagues. Yeah, and they even tried him out as a starter at one point last year, and it was like, what are we doing? Like this guy was <laughs> this guy was the closer, and it's like he, <laughs> I don't know, like he he's got like fun you know fun stuff to watch, like he can throw really hard, but it's he walks a lot of guys and he just gives up a ton of runs. Like it's just not, it's just not working. And so like Hennessy's Cabrera has been all right. Uh, for the most part, you kind of need Ryan Helsley to be the all-star closer that they had last year. They've got a young lefty named Zach Thompson. Who's been all right in the bullpen yeah. too. Uh, he throws pretty, pretty hard. has pretty good stuff. But, Former yeah. pirate. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, no, I think there's two. Oh, there's, there's two Zach. Yes, Johnson. there are. That's right. Yeah. So this right. is a this is the so this is a guy who played at uh, University of Kentucky, who the Cardinals drafted, and he's he's been pretty good. I thought maybe he would get a look as a starter, and he may get a spot start here and there. But um, they just they're going to need some guys to fill out some space. I mean, like they're still a little bit of ways away from Gordon Graceffo coming to the rotation. Mike uh, Michael McGreevy also a little ways away tink hints who's like one of their top prospects is in high a so these guys are are not quite ready for the big leagues tink hints also just a great name great baseball name <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean they uh they're, they've got young guys it's just like they need some guys to perform at the big league level and and liberator has looked really really good his velocity is up uh, his K number, his K rate is up. I, I think we'll see him before too long. Libertor, of course, was acquired in that Randy Rosarena trade. So if he that could that would end up going down as a great trade for both teams if Libertor can uh, emerge as a mm-hmm. great pitcher for the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, yeah. So National League Central. I mean, I figure you probably had similar outlook. Cardinals winning the division. Do you have anyone else maybe making the playoffs? No, I think you're right, though, about the Pirates. They are an intriguing team. Their offense is really fun. They've been scrappy. Uh, Ryan Reynolds has been really, really good to start the season. They've got some other good players that are that are playing well. I don't think they have quite the the depth to do that. They don't have the pitching uh, at all. But I, they're, they're a fun team to watch. They're a fun watch. watch. They're yeah, a fun they're, watch. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, the Reds, like, they just they're, – they're kind of like – the diet Chicago Cubs. They just, they just kind of like threw some random guys there. Like, you know, like pick up Will Myers and get this guy and that guy. But then it's like, they, they, they had good young players like Hunter green and Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft. But it's just like, that's a hard ballpark to pitch in. And they got rid of Brandon Drury. Uh, they got rid of Kyle farmer. They got rid of, uh, who else am I thinking of here? I don't, that, well, they, I think uh, Tyler, they, Tyler Stevenson is he? He's still he's there. Still like, there, yeah, yeah. Like they just they've had some guys come and go, and you just like Jonathan India has had some injury issues. He's good when he's healthy. Joey Votto is hurt right now, so um, like I thought the Will Myers signing was good. Like I thought maybe he'd be good there, but like I, I just I don't know. They're not going to. I feel like gonna... Bellinger would have been a right. The, this would have been the right spot for Bellinger to hit in that park and kind of revive his career. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I think that no, actually, I don't know. I don't really mind what Cincinnati's doing because they're kind of in the early stages of rebuilding. Um, they've got um, a, a couple of really interesting prospects, uh, De La Cruz and Marte. Marte. Marte yeah, yeah, both of them. Um, 
So they're going to actually have some guys, and I think the like Will Myers pickup is kind of like the jury one. You just kind of kick the tires, and if we can flip this guy at the deadline, we might be able to. Um, so I don't know. I'm not. I wouldn't compare it too much to the Cubs. I just think they're kind of in an earlier part of their rebuild. Yeah. But there are some good pieces there already. I liked the they, they signed Hunter Green to an extension, and I liked yep. that move for them because I mean he's been a really really good piece for them. And like I don't like the Reds at all, but like I, you know <laughs> I. I I I feel I genuinely feel for their fans because they have some really passionate fans and they've had to sit through just garbage for the last several years, you know. And I don't know if you saw the picture from their game last night that one of their beat reporters tweeted, but there was like hardly anybody there. That's I mean, like was, every Reds game I've watched this year. Has been this bad. was like uh, <laughs> go to uh, it's C C Trent Rosecrans who covers okay. them for the Athletic. He posted a picture last night, and I mean. It looks like there's maybe a thousand people in the crowd. Oh my gosh! And, and I'm not even trying to exaggerate. Like it was just, it was it was so bad. And I'm just thinking, man, like if I was, if I was a Reds fan, it, it would be it would be hard. Oh man, it, it would be hard to get motivated. So like I'm I'm fortunate. Like even my frustrations as a Cardinals fan, they're always competitive, and I just can't I I can't. Uh, fathom what it's like to be a fan of a team like the reds who just they're <laughs> they're, they're just like you go through these periods where it's like they're good for a couple of years and they go on this you know, like you know in 2020 when they had bauer they, you know, they went to the playoffs now granted it was an expanded bracket but still it's uh it's tough i i feel i feel for reds fans yeah i don't know we'll see what happens there i mean that that so the picture that you're describing is exactly how it looked on tv i was watching it on tv and it's yeah it's been tough for the Reds. And I think part of their thing is if if the Cubs come to town, if the Cardinals come to town, like I went to a game, I think it was against the Cardinals uh, two years ago, and the place was filled full pretty nicely. So when the Rays come to town, they're not going to fill up that ballpark at all. Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went to a game last year where they played the Braves, and, and it was pretty full. A lot of Braves fans yeah. in this part of the country. Um, and it was uh, July 4th weekend, so I think a lot of people were there to to, to you know, enjoy a baseball game, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I I just don't know. I don't know what they're. I, I guess their long term plan is to invest in these prospects, which like which like you said, I mean they've got some really good ones. So maybe maybe in a couple of years we'll see that pan out, especially that that Luis Castillo trade where they got mm. Marte. Yeah, and then the other one where they dealt Winker and Suarez. So yeah. they've been, they've maybe we'll, we'll see who gets traded from the Reds to the Mariners this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, fun competition. Maybe, maybe maybe Will Myers goes to the Mariners. For the <laughs> All right, last division, National League West. Uh, so this division right now, I picked, or I should say, coming into the year, I had three teams from this division making the postseason. I had the Dodgers winning the division. I had the Padres returning to the postseason as a wild card team. And then I had the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, sneaking into the playoffs. I Typically, you have, I think, there. it's very rare that a league has the same exact group of teams making the postseason as it did a year before. Typically, there's a team that finished outside of the playoffs that gets into the playoffs the next year. I saw a lot of people's picks just pretty much picking the same six teams that made it last year. I did not think that'd be the case, and my major shaker in all of this was the Diamondbacks. I love the core of young players. Um, There are some question marks with their young pitching staff, but all of those guys have shown a lot of potential. Love their outfield. Corbin Carroll, Jake McCarthy, 
Um, and then Gabriel Moreno coming over. He had a big home run last night uh, behind the plate. So I really like that nucleus of young players that they have. So far, they're in first place in the National League West. Um, San Francisco, Colorado, right around where I expected them to be. I think San Francisco, two years ago, it was lightning in the bottle. Lightning in a bottle. I think that's what the Cubs are maybe hoping they can do is just if every single player outperforms expectations, we can have some good synergy here or something and we can win 107 games. And it's just so rare that that happens. Um, And then last year they finished at 81 and 81. San Francisco, I think because of that year and then granted because of the success they had had in the previous decade, there were a lot of people I had heard being like, oh yeah, I just think that's a really well-run organization that's going to consistently finish around 85 wins and they're going to be good. I didn't see it that way. I mean, if you take a look at that roster, there's really not a whole lot that I'm all that excited about. Maybe Tiro uh, Estrada um, and a couple other young players, maybe David B. Uh, think David VR is on that team. I can't remember. Yeah, David yeah. VR is. Yeah, yeah. So they're like some good kind of young players. But other than that, I mean, Michael Conforto, Jock Peterson, and Mitch Haniger. Like if those are your three best bats on your team, that's – I just don't think that this team's going to finish above 500. And I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at like a 70-win Giants team. Colorado, right around where I kind of had them. They're at the bottom of the division. So – um, so far, nothing's really happened in this division that's made me question my preconceived ideas coming into the year. If anything, I feel pretty good about my Diamondbacks pick. Yeah, they. I mean, they're 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 pretty legit. Like they're. Uh, I I don't think they're going to win the division by any means, but I think that you're right. I think they can sneak in as a wild card team, and I I love their young players. Like you mentioned, their outfielders. They got Alec Thomas as well, who we saw yeah. in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I like a lot of their young pitchers, Ryan Nelson, Brandon Fott. Um, Dre, Dre Jameson Dre, looked good Dre last Jameson, night. Dre Jameson, who pitched last night. Um, That's not even mentioning Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly. Yeah, so Zach Gallen, I mean, is an unbelievable pitcher, Cy Young caliber pitcher, so you have him. Merrill Kelly pitched in the World Baseball Classic is is kind of like that that workhorse type guy. Uh, so they, they've got good pieces. I think uh, Nick Ahmed has played pretty well to start the year. Josh Rojas has looked all right. Christian Walker can can hit 40-plus home runs in a season. Uh, so when you've got that bad in your lineup as well, that's a really big thing. Cattell Marte is still there too. So they do have some really nice pieces, and, and I think they're probably better than, than some people might realize because they get overshadowed in that division against the Padres and the Dodgers. So I do expect the Dodgers to win that division. I do expect Same. the Padres to, to make it as a wild-card team. Um uh, but I, I I think the I, there's just something about like the Dodgers know how to win. I think the Padres have ever bit the talent to win, but it's just like they they just they, they haven't been able to get over that hump with like all these moves they've made. They just every year it's like make these drastic moves and like they just don't pan out the same way. Whereas like the Dodgers are just consistent with their moves and they're consistently good. And they also have pro- called up some young guys like James Altman has has looked really good. Uh, Miguel Vargas has looked good. You know they've got some young guys that they've they brought up through the system, and, and uh, that that they've given a chance to play. And they could move guys like Mookie Betts can move around between second base and the outfield. I just yeah. Saw apparently gonna, he's going to play shortstop. Going to play shortstop. So like you know you got this guy on your team that can play anywhere. Chris Taylor has played everywhere. He's a little bit banged up right now, but he's played third base, shortstop, outfield. 
Uh, Will Smith is like, I think one of the best catchers in baseball. And then obviously they've got really good pitching with Julio Arias. They've got Clayton Kershaw. They've got other young pitchers like Dustin May. Uh, and so it's just, they, they've got a lot of stuff. And then Gavin Stone waiting in the, in the, in the wings. Hopefully at some point this year, we'll see him. And so, you know, they, they're really good at the resurrection of Gavin Stone. Yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, uh, they're really good about bringing up these young guys and, giving him a chance in the bullpen somewhat, but then also using him as a starter. We saw that, you know, with, um, gosh, who's the guy, the, uh, Tony, uh, what's his last name? Oh, uh, Gonsolin. Thank you. Gonsolin. The cat lover. Yes. (laughs) I was like, I know exactly who I'm thinking of because he's got the long (laughs) hair and the goatee. Tony Gonsolin. We saw that with him. You know, they they did that with Dustin May as well, where they brought him up as a, as a bullpen arm before he was a starter. So they can, they can just use a lot of different guys in a lot of different ways. And then the Padres, I mean, you got Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Tatis coming back, Xander Bogarts, like their, their roster's loaded as well. So, uh, Jake Cronenworth playing first base. I think Kassan Kim has looked pretty good. I think that I would give the edge to the Dodgers, uh, especially when it comes to the pitching, because I don't know now that now that San Diego has lost some arms. I mean, they still have Blake Snell. They've got Darvish. Yeah, like, Blake Snell's gotten roughed up so yeah. far this year. Darvish yeah. also. Darvish, the thing I noticed with him is he's either great or he's terrible. Like yeah. he's never just like a solid like three five ERA kind of guy. He's either like on his game or getting roughed up. Yeah. Like they lost, they lost Sean Manaya. They lost Clevenger. They traded away Mackenzie Gore. So they're going with guys like Nick Martinez, Ryan Weathers, uh, other young guys that uh, set Seth Lugo, you know, so brought I brought in Michael Walker, brought in Michael Walker. So I, I fully expect him like, like we have seen the last few years for them to make some more moves at the deadline. And so it'll depend on what they do. And the offense is there, but I just I think by that point I, I would expect the Dodgers lead to be a little bit too much for them to make up for. Well, you 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 forgot that at that point in the year, Cole Hamels, my guy, is going to come up, and uh, he's going to come up from AAA, and he's going to be Cole Hamels again. Yeah, we'll Cole, Hamels. <laughs> Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels. They have Cole Hamels and Julio Tehran in AAA. That's yeah. I mean, th- those guys like Tehran. Man, Tehran never panned out in Atlanta like I thought he would. Yeah, he looked like he'd be an ace. He, yeah. he was a solid pitcher. He was good, but yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think San Diego. I'm, I'm not as big on them. I mean, I think they'll. I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, yeah. So, so I had coming into the year, I had Atlanta, St. Louis, and Los Angeles as your division champs. All the reasons you mentioned Los Angeles, I'm not. I'm not overly concerned about them yet um, because. Like Muncie hasn't started hitting, Betts hasn't started hitting, Freeman hasn't started hitting. A lot of these young guys are getting their feet wet for the first time, and similar kind of thing with the Cardinals. Um, but they're a, a well-run organization, well-managed organization, and they their pitching will sustain them. Um, they're probably not going to win 111 games like they did a year ago. I think we're kind of seeing that, but I think they will win the division. So, all right, Atlanta, St. Louis, Los Angeles, those are my three division champions and then my wild cards uh the Mets the Padres and the Diamondbacks I had the Mets winning the National League and then I had the Mets taking on the Guardians in a World Series between big spending versus low spending and I actually initially tweeted out that I was going to pick the Mets in that series, but I'm actually going to pick Cleveland. So I got Cleveland winning the whole thing over right. the New York Mets. I like it. I like it. I like the 
the new the new blood that we might see as a as a World Series winner. That's Did good. you like have it. any kind of? I mean, are you thinking that anything's absurd I, there that I'm picking? No, I, no, I I think that's totally reasonable. I think I would probably lean Atlanta in the National League, um, just because I I feel like the track record is there. American League is tough. I I don't want to take Houston again. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like I like Cleveland coming out of the out of the American League. I do like Cleveland. I, I may go Atlanta, Cleveland with mine, and I, I, I may, I'll, I'll ride with you. I'll say Cleveland wins. Cleveland, let's go. Cleveland rocks. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll ride with you on that pick. I like it. That's awesome. Okay, sweet. Yeah, Cleveland. Guardians versus Atlanta needs to change their name and not be the because you can't have Braves against Indians. I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? Can you can you imagine the the think pieces we would get if it's a Braves and Guardians? Yes. Obviously, no, knowing knowing what Cleveland used to be, like yeah. the the think pieces that would come out of that World Series. Man. I mean, it's already Jeff Passan already wrote the story two years ago when they got in the World Series, and I'm just like. Jeff, my guy, like this is not the right time to do this. And that was the same. I think it was the same week we had Passon saying that we need to get rid of the Braves name as uh, PETA can't, comes out and says you have to stop using the term bullpen. It's got to be arm barn. That was, that was quite a week. <laughs> I forgot about the arm barn. Oh man, that was that was classic. That is I great. actually like armbarn like as a slang term. Like to, I think I've thrown it in a couple stories where I've just been like, yeah, their armbarn is pretty strong, or you know, it's just like it's funny, it's good, I like it, but it, you know, not as a full time like we we're gonna retire bullpen and make it armbarn. <laughs> armbarn, my gosh, it's like sometimes I wish Peto they 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 have to be aware that they're going to be mocked. I don't yeah. know. I, 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 I either want them to be completely aware and they're just trolling us. Yeah. I, I feel them, like it's that. It's or or I want them to be, or I want them to just be completely oblivious and just like, if that's genuine, that they really think we should use <laughs> arm barn. Oh my gosh. Arm barn. The other thing, um, the arm barn thing makes me think of when Aaron or, uh, Kevin cash in 2020, had said about in direction of the Yankees, he said, we have a stable full of horses that all throw a hundred. Maybe that was a inspiration for arm barn. I'm sure PETA had something to say about that too. You can't compare people to animals. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, surprise, surprise. They weren't like, Hey, you guys need to change any team names that have animal, like, you know, a- animal, uh, references like the Chicago bulls can't be the bulls anymore. <laughs> like surprised they haven't done that. <laughs> Not yet. All right, Cole, I know uh, I kept you here a little long. Uh, I want to allow you to get to doing your job, so we'll <laughs> wrap things up right now. Thank you so much for coming on. Could talk with you all day, talk baseball. We'll do it again sometime. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Do you have any other like closing baseball thoughts because you don't typically get to go on baseball shows? Any takes? Uh, man, I have some takes. I don't know if this is the spot for them or not. I... uh I don't know. You can stay I, here I, as long as you want, Cole. I'm I'm I, available. Let me think how I want to word this. Um, <laughs> I think that in the ninth inning, you should get to choose which batters you send up to the plate. Whoa. That is a hot take. Think about this. In basketball, you get to choose who takes the last shot, right? You don't have to go on a rotation of who's shooting the shot. 
So imagine that the Lakers are playing and you want to see LeBron take the last shot, but it's not his turn to shoot. So you got to wait for like Dennis Schroeder to take the shot. Well, that's how baseball is. It's like, okay, well, the game is coming down to the wire and I've got to sit here and watch Daniel Descalso, Skip Schumacher, and John Jay get at bats. <laughs> Whereas I could have thrown out Molina, Pujols, Matt Holiday, or you know whoever. So I don't know. I, I I mentioned this one time to the baseball coach at this high school that I used to teach at, and he just mocked me for the rest of the time that I worked there. I'm just like, <laughs> look, like if you want to make baseball more exciting, allow the more allow the better players to have more of an involvement in the game. Because you think about it, baseball is the one sport where like the the impact that the great players can have is limited because a player can only impact the game when they're at bat or if the ball is hit to them. And so like you think about it, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, they may only get four at bats a game. And that's, you know, what is that? Like maybe maybe 20% of the at bats that a team takes in the whole game less than 20%. So I just I'd like to see the better players uh, have more of an involvement in the game, and I feel like that'd be a way to do it. Is you could say, "Hey, we we need to get these runs. Let me like let me put my best players up there." So I know so, it probably won't won't get a lot of uh <laughs> won't get a lot of <laughs> momentum, but I just think it'd be interesting. Like, hey, I get to see my, the best players face, you know, the, get the last the last try to to win a game. I don't know. Would you basically get to fast forward to where you're at in the lineup, or would you get to reset your lineup? haven't haven't thought that through yet i I just i think like if it's the ninth inning and i'm down by three it's like i want to be able to put paul goldschmidt nolan arenado and wilson Contreras up there to try to win i don't want to have to settle for which i guess the cardinals lineup is pretty good but like i wouldn't want to have to settle for like you know seven eight nine if i if i didn't have but it's like and that would go for both teams you know like they'd come back up they'd get to put their best players i don't know i just think that'd be interesting to see like what would happen if we were able to uh, allow the best players to have more of an impact on the game? Like, like in basketball where like, you know, the best players or, or even in football, like you can hand the ball to your running back. You can throw it to your best wide receiver hockey. You can make sure that your, your best player has the, has the puck on their stick to take the shot. You know, it's just like, that's, we, we see that in other sports and I know baseball is different, but like, since we're already talking about other random rule changes, like a like a like a designated runner throughout, I, I don't even know like the, the rule <laughs> change that, that like they came out yesterday too and said they're going to test out this idea of uh, like if a if a pitcher doesn't go five innings that they lose their DH. So I'll yeah, tell you they've what, been doing that one in the Atlantic League for a little bit. I think the uh, the idea that I have, I feel like, is is no worse than some of these that Rob Manfred <laughs> is throwing out there. So yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll flesh it out next time. You're here. We'll talk <laughs> yeah. some more about it. Uh, yeah. His name is Cole Claiborne. He has a podcast. He writes quite a bit, and he's also working on a book. I want you to make sure you get your plugs in, Cole. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, my podcast is called In No Hurry. It's uh, kind of about faith and creativity, so I talk with a lot of writers, a lot of authors on there. Uh, so if you're into that sort of thing, you may like that. And I do have some athletes on there. I've had Matt holiday on there a couple of times. Um, actually he and his wife came onto my show and chatted with my wife and me just about marriage, not even about baseball. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of cool. cool. So there's a wide variety of conversations on there. Um, I've been doing that for a few years and then, yeah, I write for sports spectrum and then you can follow me on Twitter at Cole Claiborne, uh, Instagram, same thing, Cole Claiborne. If you search it, you'll probably find me, uh, but lo- love to connect with people. 
uh, I'd love to stay in contact with anybody that listens to this. And yeah, I love, I love talking about baseball. That's <laughs> like my main, that's my main sport that I love to follow. So you'll find me even on Twitter where it's, it's, you know, theoretically for work, I, I spend a lot of it talking about baseball. <laughs> that's why we're friends talking that's ball. Right. Um, that's right. And then do you want to, do you want to promote the book? I mean, I know it's not out yet, but, or you're it's still kind of in its early stages, but. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just signed with an agent, a literary agent. So, uh, no, no publishing deal quite yet. It's still very much in its infancy. Um, so down the road, uh, whenever that comes to fruition, would love to, to promote it, but there's Sounds uh, good. N- n- nothing, nothing in the, in the works quite yet. Other than I have an agent that I'm fortunate to be working with. That's going to help me, uh, pitch it to some publishers. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. If you're, if you're the praying type, that would be a good thing to be praying about. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, Cole. Uh, always, it's fun having you on. I'm sure we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. That concludes today's conversation with Cole Claiborne. Great having him on the show. Glad we could welcome him on, get to talk a little bit of ball. Again, my apologies to all of you who are awaiting are the rest of our division previews. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, I wasn't able to get anything recorded. Uh, The internet in the apartment I was staying in was a little spotty, didn't have a desk, and I didn't have a whole lot of time once I was at camp. And then, unfortunately, there wasn't time. Um, I wasn't able to do any March Madness content this year either. Um, but the good news is I'm back now. I made it back. I spent six weeks in Arizona, had a blast, and now I'm back home in Chicago, and I'll be recording episodes uh, much more regularly. So next week, we will have Bob Nightingale on talking some Major League Baseball news. It'll be interesting to see what kind of transpires over the next week. So that should be out Thursday or Friday of next week, and then The week after that, we're going to have a really cool episode after the NFL draft. Um, The NFL draft is in Kansas City, and what better time than to welcome a Kansas City sports radio great and legend, Danny Boatwright, who has been in the sports media landscape for a long time. She once upon a time had a show at ESPN2 um, called The Fantasy Show. It was a fantasy football show that she did with Ron Jaworski, Antonio Freeman, and some others. Um, And that was back in like 2006. Uh, She also had appeared on Around the Horn a little bit back in the day on ESPN. She, again, had a local show in Kansas City for a long time and then has had some other hosting endeavors. Um, So she's got some great stories and she knows her football. She married Casey Wiegman, a Pro Bowl NFL uh, center. Um, so, yeah, we'll be speaking with her. We're going to talk some football. She'll be at the draft. So we'll talk about the draft. We'll talk some baseball. She also won the 11th season of Survivor, Survivor Guatemala. So that should be a very fun conversation. We'll see. It could be a little long. So I don't know. Maybe I'll split it up into two episodes. Maybe it'll all be one episode. I don't know if you guys have a preference if an episode's long to just have it all in one episode or to split it into two. It'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes, but it should be a great time and a great conversation. So that's coming up over the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to recording those episodes. You guys can follow me on social media at Jack Vita Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
subscribe to the Jack Vita Show. I want you to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we've also got a YouTube channel. All of our stuff is on Facebook as well. So make sure you hit subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Write a few kind words and share this podcast with other people so we can keep growing it. I'm hoping to expand and see where we kind of go, where God leads with this podcast over the next year, um, potentially looking into some advertising deals and monetization to uh, monetize this podcast. And even with those monetization and with those ads, like this show won't change. It'll still be the Jack Vita show. We'll just make a little money, a little more money as we do it. So um, help us expand. Show, share the show with people. Share it on social media and then uh, share it with friends. So until our next episode next week with Bob Nightingale, I'm Jack Vita. Bring it the dance of the lobsters. <laughs> <laughs>